This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Rogers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Goal! post for Shearer. Goal! McLaughlin has it. Oh, deflection! And a goal! Gets to Mitchell! I will win this league anyway. Richard, he's hit it. It's Cranberry! Harry Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal from Harry McCurdy! Oh well, Swindon's unbeaten League 2 run reached its final port of call this week and it proved to be Nottingham as Luke Williams's Notts County defeated town thanks to a merciless first 45 minutes. Here to discuss is Ben M. Hello Ben M. Hi Rich, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Certainly not too disheartened after seeing Swindon lose for the first time since July 18th over 90 minutes. Can you remember uh, who the opposition were? You've lost me there. Yeah, no, I can't. Not, not, not on the spot. Uh, who was it? It depends. I was very clear about 90 minutes. So if we're going to count 90 minutes, it's Hereford. No first team has played in that game. But on the same day, we had that uh, weird match with Bristol City where we lost 7-1. So it's good <laughs> that they can't hold the bragging rights anymore of who's beaten Swindon more recently. Well, not involving penalties. So it seems like a long time ago. Yes. Yeah, it does. Yeah, No regrets. Travel to the game. Feeling a bit tired today. But I think overall it was a great game, which we'll get on to. And I think, yeah, two, two quality teams. So... I'm not too concerned, although initially I was a little bit upset, obviously, to have lost. But I think on reflection, you know, Notts County are going to be up there. Um, So not too disheartened. 
talk to me about your pre-match rituals. Where did we go? What did we do? What we did is we had a, an early finish from work and an almost three-hour drive um, and got there about seven. So not really too much to report other than parking up. Uh, and then getting into the ground, really. Um, it was a bit of a quick turnaround. Now, this is what happens when I don't give you a heads up on questions because then we're left with uh, the monotony of a normal away day <laughs> where it's not all beers five hours before kickoff or anything like that. It's, sometimes it is get in the car, park up and uh, find your seat. Unfortunately not, but it was the first game for, for a while uh, that was played under the lights that I've been to. So it did have a bit of an autumnal feel, which is nice. Proper football match. It is the best time to watch football in the in the best environment. A great turnout by the Swindon faithful, but it wasn't to be. Let's talk about the lineup first, because there were a couple of changes. Murphy Mahoney in goal, of course, then at the back, as per were Godwin Malife, Bruitt and Blake Tracy. Hutton and Uwakwe in the usual places. George McEachran was back alongside Saidu Khan, then Dan Kemp. And then up front was Charlie Austin with Rashan Hepburn Murphy. So out went Jake Kane and out went Jake Young. But Young was still on the bench alongside Tyree Shade and Liam Kinsella, who would all feature in the second half. No minutes for Harrison Minton or Brooklyn Genesini yet again. And of course, Lewis World was back up goalkeeper. Swindon Links, Matty Palmer and John Bostock started and will Randall sat on the bench for the whole game. So in terms of the changes, uh, post-match, Michael Flynn mentioned that Rashan Hepburn-Murphy played because Jake Young can't play against Bradford on Saturday. And he was also a little bit poorly at the weekend. So, gosh, that lasagna uh, really didn't go down very well at all. And as for Jake Kane, well, that sounds a little bit more serious. He has a scan coming up. He went over his foot on Saturday near the end of the game. They didn't think it was too bad, but it has since got worse. For those, Ben, who are making those strong arguments and loud noises about squad depth, not good. No, I don't think it does anything to uh, raise confidence on that on that level. I think, personally, McEachern coming in for Kane um, made sense. He's, he's played every other game that he's been fit and, and generally done well, um, although Kane scored. But to have him not even in the squad, again, we're down to, to six subs and I'm sure we'll get on to it. But I think that was one of the, the key things in the second half um, that just meant that we weren't able to, to make a difference. What do, you, what do you think about Hepburn Murphy coming on for Young? I mean, if he's poorly and he played like he's recovering from illness in that second half, arguably, which I'm sure we'll get to closer to the time, it made sense to me that Hepburn Murphy starts this game instead of going in cold against Bradford. There is an element of the fan base that would, would have preferred Charlie Austin to go out instead of Young. But again, hands being forced if Young was ill. You know, in hindsight, maybe Charlie Austin could have had a break, but if Young wasn't feeling great, that made sense. Um, Hepburn Murphy's more of a runner, like Young is, and he's come off the bench the past couple of games and done really well, whereas Young has maybe seen a slight drop-off. Um, and so, yeah, it made sense, but I think, obviously we'll come to, to the changes at half-time, but I think maybe uh, Hepburn Murphy and Young would have been good to start with because, yeah, the second half, we'd certainly had more joy with them. In my notes, watching this game on Tuesday night, sort of broke it down to the first 15 minutes, then 15 to half hour, then half hour to half time and a similar format 
for the second half. And one of the things that I observed early on in the very early stages, or do we need to talk about that terrible kickoff? Did you see it live or were you not paying attention? No, I did. I definitely saw it and I've seen it back since. <laughs> I think um, it's one, one to remember. <laughs> the Knott's Forest commentator referred to Swindon trying something a little funky. I want my little funky things to be a little bit better than that, but it was kind of <laughs> kind of set the tone for the first 45 minutes overall. Yeah, a little bit. I think if by funky he means give it straight to the opposition, then yeah, it was definitely funky. But um, yeah, I'm not sure really what they were trying to do. They weren't they weren't on the same page. Um, I think he was trying to play the ball to Hepburn Murphy, but I don't think he even set off running for it before the player had got to it. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. And they tried a couple of things out in this game that didn't that didn't happen, um, which we'll get to because Awakwe definitely um, almost got caught out in one attack due to something that they've been practicing on the training pitch, but never mind. So, so yeah, back to the opening stages, I thought they were two sides that wanted to show that they were ball-playing football sides. Uh, the, the only major difference is that in the opening minutes, Towns wing-backs were not cracking on like they normally do. And they were saying it on comms, uh, Andrew Hawes and Phil Smith, that perhaps they were showing respect to County, who were pinging the ball around really well from the off. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, obviously, I didn't listen to the comms, but I just, I just felt like we were giving them too much respect. The wing-backs were sitting back, which obviously isn't their, their strength. Um, and then Khan was dropping deep as almost another defender. So, yeah, it just left us a bit open in midfield um, and, yeah, just paid them far too much respect, which allowed them to get onto second balls when we were winning the first headers and stuff. Um, so, yeah, not usually our, our free-flowing self. No, a, a little frantic, but not in a bad way, the the opening 10 minutes. I was, I was kind of, I couldn't look away because... The, both sides very eager to get the ball and then County started to get a firmer grip on the game. There was a moment where Notts County got a corner thanks to a Bruit uh, header cutting out a cross or he certainly cut out the cross. Uh, the cross followed, was well collected by, by Mahoney. One of the main observations very early on was Saidu Khan who had a great game, a man of the match performance against Grimsby was not given an inch from the very get-go, and it was very noticeable. You know, if you play on his terms, and I know that sounds stupid because we're all great footballers if it's on our own terms, but when he had that freedom against Grimsby, he looked like a level above in terms of League 2 football, but against Notts County, it was not the case. Not at all, and I think as the half wore on, they they really squeezed the pitch. There was no space for anybody really. Um, and I think they were more committed to the attacking football, whereas we went behind. So we sort of retreated a little bit and both of us rely on confidence and attacking and being creative and, you know, having the shackles off. And I think when we conceded, that was it. We just, yeah, we lost all of that. Very, very shortly before the goal, Swindon had a penalty shout turned down. Hepburn Murphy tumbled in the box. It's a messy, messy tackle. He's not goal side. He's behind him. I'm usually quite relaxed and and not side with the officials, but it looked a penalty from the one camera angle that we get. I agree. I think having seen it live, although it was the other side of the pitch, um, I thought my initial thoughts were that it was a penalty. 
And I know that you don't like to to say that referees cost us games, but I, I do think if that is given, you know, maybe it could be us uh, that are playing with the, the free flowing football that we know we can. Uh, and as it turns out, <laughs> it wasn't. And then they go and score. When whenever those sort of moments happen early on, I wonder whether Swindon become more confident and go and win the game or I wonder if Notts County get angry and score five goals instead of instead of three you know it, it really could go either way but it did not take long as you mentioned for Notts County to take the lead two minutes later probably less than a lovely ball by Jody Jones to McGoldrick who dinked it over Mahoney Hutton isn't a defender and showed it in this and Khan my goodness all at sea as Goldrick glided past him in in the build-up to that goal. They'd started well, Notts County, but that did feel like a little bit of a body blow because we were doing our bit too. Yeah, I think it came at the wrong time, having just not been given the penalty. Um, a few good moves, a few good chances early on for both sides, but you know they were the one that were able to capitalise and, and then it just took the wind out of our sails, I think, for, for the next you know, however long it was before half-time. Yeah, I, I still think we were we were in it before the second goal we had moments where we were bringing it forward and there was one I remember where Aidan Baldwin lost the ball to Hepburn Murphy but he couldn't capitalize on the error so that was showing us that County's defense were were prone to be opened up no different to what we've been saying about Swindon over the year but in the early stages and may not may perhaps not beyond I thought Hepburn Murphy showed some real willingness, but tired as the game continued. Definitely. I think the squad depth, uh, or lack of it, sorry, uh, definitely showed there um, throughout the match. Not being able to bring players on and players being knackered. Um, I do think, as I said, they just committed more to the attacking football. I think at times, as I said uh, earlier in the, the pod, we committed men forward, but they were all on the, the defensive line. So any header that they won, there was no one for us to pick up the, the second ball. So we weren't able to build any sustained pressure, whereas they seemed to commit men and have people just behind uh, their attack. So when we did win it, they'd be winning second balls and, and still attacking um, and just sort of wore us down a little bit, I think, better uh, in the first half anyway. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Town's first big threat I would say, and, and a, their first real crack at the county defence was when Hutton beat the offside trap. Uh, his cross to Austin is blocked. I think it's offside, um, but Town's reaction to going a goal down was generally, I thought, quite good. And then it began to get a little bit bleak because Notts County were really, really good in this first 45. Let's not make any mistakes here, but there was a moment after about 22 minutes when Uakwe has a free kick gets it all wrong and it results in a counter-attack and Macaulay Langstaff hits it from distance and it just goes wide. And then they had a free kick, which was quite dangerous, blocked by Godwin Malife on the line, actually. You know, it's weird when you look at the the highlights, including the extended highlights that are on YouTube at the moment, it doesn't include the Hepburn-Murphy penalty appeal, as I don't think they usually do. And it doesn't, I don't think, include the Godwin Malife block on the line, which would have been a certain goal. Again, just before the goal, Crowley missed an absolute sitter. It is a tap-in. And when a lot of Swindon fans are saying Blake Tracy scores that header and it's a different game, well, if Dan Crowley scores this, it's a different game too. So it it works both ways. But that was a huge let-off at the time. Definitely. I think Knox County had 
several chances um and that was just one of the the ones that was the, the more blatantly obvious um but i mean it was 3-1 it could have been a far more high scoring game which you know is to be expected because both teams um score a lot of goals and create a lot of chances i, I think the difference was this week or, or last night sorry that we just played a team that have far superior quality to the teams that we played before and um, so while he missed that one, they were able to take others. So yeah, that was the difference, I think. What was the mood in the stands like in the opening half hour at 1-0? Was there a feeling that this is going to go terribly wrong? Or was there a little bit of optimism? Like, you know, we, we, we score goals, we've got it in us. We are getting a few just after the half hour mark. Austin had an attempt, but he was well marked and he had no freedom and he poked it just wide. What what was the mood in the stands in, before the second goal went in? I think it, it was generally positive. Any negativity was maybe directed towards the linesman on our side, um, forgiving a few offside decisions and not flagging for the penalty. But in terms of towards the team, it, it was good. Um, I think there was a confidence, certainly more than last season, that you know we'd create chances and have the opportunity to to get back into the game. Um, so, yeah, no, it's a definite definite change from last season, which was good to see. Yeah, agreed. Brilliant. Brilliant to hear. Okay, well, (laughs) this first half doesn't end well for Swindon, especially from the 35th minute. Uh, It's a penalty to Notts County. Phil Smith was saying on comms, throughout the first half, he was talking about the gaps in defence, not necessarily that the the actual defenders, but the level of areas where Notts County could manipulate and take advantage of. And that was kind of highlighted in this one where Uwakwe drags down his his man. And it's essentially what we wanted for Hepburn Murphy against Grimsby, isn't it? That tug of the shirt, him having going down quite easily. So did the Notts County player. But if you want the Hepburn Murphy penalty on Saturday, then you've got to concede that that's a penalty. But it just seems so much softer than our shout earlier in the game. My initial thoughts were that it was a pen. Um, I also think Hepburn Murphy's was a pen last week. Um, I think Kuakwe's trying to recover from making an initial mistake, so so naturally it goes towards him doing what he whatever he needs to do basically to stop the the shot uh, and make up for his mistake. But I do think it was a penalty. I don't think there can be many complaints of it. No, no, and in it went Macaulay Langstaff making it too. No, and I think that was his fiftieth goal for Notts County in a season and a bit so yeah he's quite the player to have in your in your 11 at this moment uh, we almost conceded a third straight after when Saidu Khan was robbed but Namane's effort was saved but it's just a minute after that this one's woeful absolutely woeful how can somebody in the 37th minute have that much space to himself in the box this one's not pretty I'm going to be honest, Rich, I didn't see you should be marking him because I just presumed that somebody would be in the box defending. But I think the guy out wide, was it Jones, um, was, oh, no, it was it McGoldrick that put the cross in. Uh, I can't remember anyway, but Hutton gave him too much space, um, as he can be prone to doing sometimes, and just allowed him to get that ball in and... He was, yeah, no no one within five, ten yards of him. Uh, easy finish. Yeah, I think it was McGoldrick with the assist uh, for the third goal. And I think this is what a lot of Swindon Town fans who post on social media across the various formats have been saying this season, we have had these sort of moments where we have gifted opportunity or we've made the opposition 
or given them the the chance to score and for whatever reason they haven't done so but against teams like Notts County it's not going to be as forgiving however if we go a whole season like going up against lesser opposition compared to Notts County and getting away with it and winning games then well we're up aren't we so or at least in the playoffs so it it, it does feel like a lot of fans were waiting for this to happen so they can go in two-footed but in isolation it is just one loss I think um, we were never going to go the whole season unbeaten um, especially not with a, a squad that's got the depth that ours has um, and Notts County were a good team I think they're, they're far better than any team we've we played and it looks like as the the season starts to settle down a little bit, I think there are probably five, six, maybe seven teams that are going to be up there pushing for promotion. But I think there's a real drop off past that, and I think the surprise is that we're we're amongst that bunch for now. So um, yeah, I mean, most weeks as we've seen, we can we can maybe get away with it a little bit more. But when we come up against the teams like Notts County, you know, and, and maybe Stockport or, or other teams that are, that are fancied, I think we will be punished. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Those with a very impressive broad knowledge of League Two weren't saying Wrexham were going to be the big the big threat coming up. It was going to be Notts County. And in that first 45, they simply showed it. Definitely. I mean, they've got quality throughout the team. They've got bags of experience and, and players that have played at a higher level. So, yeah, I think it's to be expected. But, you know, first half, they were a level above. Second half, I think we, we, uh, we edged it. So, I think, as I said earlier... The penalty gets given. It could be a different game. It just wasn't our day uh, or evening. It certainly was not. David McGoldrick was was particularly impressive. Older than Charlie Austin, but certainly thirty five years old. But certainly didn't play like someone that was in the tail end of their career. He had a good game. Um, I think the whole attacking unit was really good. To be to be honest, and and Charlie. Whether it was just closed down or just had one of those games, I don't think he was able to influence it anywhere near as much but I go back to, to saying they had a high line um, so I think you know Charlie's never going to be running in behind and, and running through um, which is why obviously they changed it in the second half um, to get a bit more of a younger looking attack which you know almost paid dividends but wasn't to be. Hi Rich just a reminder to let you know I'm on Points West again tonight so make sure you tune in. Oh no here I am holidaying in Europe and I'm gonna miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep side town performance on the television unless <laughs> of course, I can use my NordVPN subscription. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. So I'll never miss another Points West with Dan ever again. Huzzah! NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash strangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Lovely stuff.
Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with Muck Delivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Caddy, of course, in the black and white. And the ball is at the feet of Dan Kemp, who's on loan from MK Dons. Seven goals this season. Oh, and he's given it straight to Dan Crowley. They tried something a little funky, a little different from the kickoff. We had a few speculative efforts before half time, but they were either long distance and saved easily or went high and wide. I think Michael Flynn probably got that first 45 minutes wrong in terms of his lineup, purely judging by what happens in the early stages of the second half, because we do look like a different side. Young came on for Charlie Austin. Shade came on for Iwakwe. There was perhaps a hint of job done arrogance from Notts County in the opening stages of that first half but Swindon were much improved yeah 100% I was uh, saying this to to my brother and my dad uh, last night you know the changes that he made you can't fault really any of them I think pushing Black Tracy out to left back shade on for Iwakwe who probably was the worst player in the first half Um, and you know having an extra man in midfield and then players dropping off and and the extra pace uh, of young up front, I think it made a real difference, um, and who knows if we'd have started with that. But it was promising that he was able to react and and make you know changes that, that did make a difference. And unfortunately, we weren't able to get in, back into it. But I think there are positives to take, definitely. Yeah, I would say so. Unfortunately, for those who watched it on iFollow, we missed the shade goal live because they were they they have a knack iFollow of showing replays just before corners. So it wasn't the first time in this game alone that we almost missed something. I think we almost missed a, well, we missed a a big chance for Notts County. So we missed the Shade goal completely and only got it on the replay. I'm really happy for Shade. Um, I find it's weird. It's a bit of a double standard, really, because I know a lot of fans criticise Shade and, and, and aren't huge fans of him. And I let that happen. And heck, I criticise players on this podcast. But when I hear the manager do it almost every time he's praised, (laughs) I was like, oh, man, give him a break. He's just, you know, in in the post-match, he said, like, I think the question was, well, it was good for Tyrese to get a goal. And quite rightly, Flynn said, well, you know, he's got to do that every game. You know, it's good that he scores, but he's got to score them. And he's got to do that every week. And I was like, oh, come on, just say, yep, good for him. He's, he's in the, in the, but no, not having it. And and generally, Flynn tells it out how it is, and I should just just embrace that. But I, I think a bit of a bit of you know a compliment here and there doesn't go amiss. I think with players, yeah, I think Flynn is firmly in the camp of tough love when it comes to shade um, and just uh, pushing him as hard as he can, which you know. It could it could pay dividends because I think it, when he came on in the second half, he he. he uh, he did make a difference um, and he played better as he has done the past few times I've seen him, I think. Um, so, yeah, 
maybe he'll get a compliment if, if he goes in a bit of a run. But yeah, I, I agree that it wouldn't uh, wouldn't hurt to, to praise him uh, where it's due. Yeah, and he knows his squad. He knows his side. You know, I'm an outsider looking in. And Flynn's observations generally in his post-match interviews are, are always spot on. Um, but there's just something about like, oh, come on. It was a good half. You know, he wasn't he wasn't electric or anything. But look, we've, we've got... We've got Reading next Tuesday. Shade Ifit is clearly going to play that. Over a thousand Swindon fans in attendance for a game where we don't, we we previously haven't got that many for a home game. So it's a great chance for him to have ninety minutes and really, really sort of make a point to Flynn. And probably that's what Flynn's trying to do. Yeah, I'm calling the the hat trick from Shade and and you know the the rare compliment. Good. Well, I hope so. And after. The goal, County are way edgier. Maybe it's because they've had these high-scoring games in recent weeks, but we look much, much better. And in the first 10, 15 minutes of the second half, it's all Swindon. Um, But without there being too much um, clear-cut chances, but it's just chalk and cheese, the performances. They're, They're not like, it's not, you know, the second half isn't the best we've performed all season, nowhere near it. But what a lot of fans were expecting after that first 45, and we've said it on the pod, this Swindon setup is cruising for a bruising. You know, if if we play a better side, we could lose by 4-5-6-0. And I think after that first half, it looked like that that would happen. But for Flynn to be able to acknowledge it early on, shut that down and be better is a positive sign. I think so. I think while we, we got no points, there are definitely positives to take. I think last season that team does capitulate and goes on to, to concede a, a cricket score. Um, but it was nice to see that the, the second half, we, we, we definitely matched up better uh, against them. And, you know, it, it was great to see. Then after after that, it's one of those games where next goal pretty much decides on, on where this is going. It felt like, even though there wasn't another goal. There's a there's a really, really great save by Murphy Mahoney and his beloved foot from a McGoldrick head, header. Um, the, the follow-up save is world-class, but it wouldn't have counted if it went in because it was offside, but he wasn't to know that. And that goalkeeper is, is a heck of a find because he was, what, third, fourth choice at QPR? He needed this loan to go well. He's out of contract at the end of the season, I think think that's true and he's doing his career no harm at all at Swindon right now I think someone from the LS pod said it was the the, the best irrelevant double save of all time and it's probably the best irrelevant save I've definitely seen in uh in real life um unbelievable I think from point blank range he's, he's incredible and for someone of his size to be able to to do that is is really impressive I agree as well on on when he came in you know I've not heard of him and you know, his career to date hasn't been that impressive um, in terms of where he's played before and, you know, the experience that he's had. Um, so it's certainly a nice surprise that he has been so good. To me, it just highlights the amount of footballers that slip through the professional games net because they just don't get the right chance or they just don't get that loan spell where they're, they're allowed to breathe and get some games in. And it, it just sort of depresses me because there's clearly so many great footballers out there that just cannot get into these 11s because, well, there's there's other players out there. It's, it's, 
that's why this 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 game is so impressive all the way down the levels because these sort of players are down there. Yeah, this is it. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said for, for suits in a club as well. You know, if you look back to the likes of Owen Doyle uh, and players like that where they've, you know, barely scored any goals and then and come through and, and absolutely smashed it. And I think sometimes the clubs just suit certain players. We've had that before with with other players that have come back and, and done really well again and then left and, and not done anything. So, yeah, um, I think Bruitt may be an example of that. He didn't look very good last season. This season, in a different team, he looks a completely different player. Although the jury's still out with some. Come on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> Tom Bruitt last night, Tuesday night, looked like the only player who was comfortable at centre-back. You know, Godwin Malife and Fraser Blake-Tracy did not have good games defensively. And Tom Bruitt was was fine. You know, he was the only he was the only defensive option that actually looked like a defender yesterday for, for across the whole ninety minutes, in my opinion. He's the simple uh, centre back. He does the simple things. So uh, yeah, that was good. Uh, uh, but I just think, obviously, Blake Tracy and Godwin Malifa have made names for themselves for making marauding runs <laughs> from defence, and they were caught out a couple of times. And I think, yeah, their, their confidence just dipped a little bit after that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Fraser Blake Tracy almost scored, and it's been cited as the moment. And I, I do agree. Given if we if we ignore everything that's gone before it. At the time it happened, which was, what, about 64th, 65th minute, if we're just saying it's 3-1, don't worry about what's happened now, FBT gets a free header. He does it almost perfectly. Hits, you know, We're always told, head downwards, and it's too firm and it goes over. And I do agree that if that goes in, we're obviously going to throw the kitchen sink at them, but I still think Notts County had the ability to counter. So if we did decide to go and push, I think Notts County would have been freed up too. It wouldn't have, the game wouldn't have played out the way the way perhaps we, we suspect it did. But it was a huge, huge moment. That cannot be denied and oh, it was so close. Yeah. And I think from the, the stands it certainly felt like that. I think we were all over him at that point. Um and yeah. He definitely head, headed it too much into the ground <laughs> with too much power because it ended up going over the bar. But I think after that, um, Notts County sort of settled it a little bit, but it could have been, anything could have happened if that had gone in. I think it would have opened up the game and we could have ended up with another 5 all. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. It doesn't mean that they would have beat a 6-2. It, it just, I think, would have turned into one of those manic boxing matches where they're just windmilling uh, and trying to get a connection um, and I do completely agree I, that was probably the high watermark for Swindon in in their quest for a another goal because Notts County got a little bit more composed with about 20 minutes to go uh, we did have a chance in a with about a quarter of an hour to go it, it went wide for a goal kick but it was actually a really good save by the Notts County goalkeeper um, and then sort of there was this sort of five, 10 minute period where Rashan Hepburn Murphy, who'd already been booked, was absolutely desperate to get sent off. And just for just for he was rattled, wasn't he? He did seem frustrated. I think he got booked in the first place for kicking the ball away, um, which when you're three one down is is not the best move anyway. But uh, yeah, he just seemed really annoyed by something, um, whether that was his the service, the, the lack of chances or the fact that they were losing. He just 
had a bit of a bee in his bonnet for, for a short spell and it looked like he was going towards a sending off, but luckily that didn't happen. Yeah, and I suppose because Blake Tracy's header was, was so open and, and free, it's kind of forgotten that with about eight minutes to go, uh, Hutton's cross was flicked by Hepburn Murphy. That was saved. That was a half chance. But Tom Brewitt's header, which flicked wide, if he's if he's got a full connection on that, that's going in. Uh, that should have been on target. And I think that was another big one. And that would have created an amazing conclusion to the game. There'd have been absolute scenes if that would have gone in. Um, yeah, I think it's it's one of those games where it's just fine margins and, and all of them seem to go against us last night. Um, that's not to take anything away from Notts County because they played some really, really good football in for League 2 standard. And I think they'll be right up there. But, you know, every... 50-50 decision or, or you know opportunity that might have gone in didn't. So I think it was just a game of fine margins. Yeah, yeah. Brewitt's going to get one soon. He got close against Grimsby. I think the um, Grimsby defender just took it off his head just as he was just about to sort of get it in. And then that one was very close. So he's not a million miles away. There were a few minor chances, but it ended. Notts County 3, Swindon Town 1, and the run comes to an end. End post game, uh, Michael Flynn said we we gave them the game in the first half, gave away some sloppy goals, execution of things they worked on uh, didn't go to plan, shall we say? Um, they should have had a penalty. Notts County are a good team, but we gave ourselves a mountain to climb. It's one game, four points behind the leaders with the game in hand. Second half was much better. If Blake Tracy's header goes in, then it's a different game. We couldn't defend as a team, and he made a point of not highlighting his centre-backs on that. It was very much directed towards his midfielders, uh, and we couldn't be as bad in the second half as we were in the first. It was good for Tyrese, as I said, but he must do it consistently. And now they'll let the players recover and prepare for the long trip up to Bradford on Saturday. Meanwhile, the listeners' contributions was very much terrible first half, improved second half. Notts County didn't allow their players, Notts County didn't allow town to play their game. Consistently poor individual performances are beginning to emerge if FBT scores that header and we look absolutely knackered. So thank you to everybody who sent uh, contributions in. So I guess, Ben, the question is, it's multiple questions and I posed some of them on social media last night. Was this simply a case of a team finally taking their chances? Was this simply a case of a team just being better than town? Was this simply a case of town needing squad depth or was this just simply one loss and it happens or is it a mixture of those all of the above yeah yeah i think you know i say on a different day we we could have we could have fared better you know we take the chances we score well we get a penalty score it it could have been different i think they're a good team if the second half would have gone the way the first half would probably lean towards more towards being found out, possibly, or slightly towards that anyway. But I think, given the second half, there's still plenty of positives. And I think it's just the squad depth. I mean, we've spoken about Notts County sort of settling down after Blake Tracy missed the chance. They were able to bring on, I think it was five subs, and didn't really lose any quality, whereas we brought on three 
um, and that's probably the limit. Um, obviously, Minton's got his fans, and he is a good player, but people forget that he is still a, a young and. Um, so yeah, I think we just ran out of steam in the end. We weren't able to bring on fresh legs that were able to make a difference, and I think that probably was the difference. And I think those fine margins or, or quite obvious margins are enough to lose games. Now, it's a huge game changer being able to bring five players on and they brought on plenty of experience in, in, in the second half. And, you know, we brought on what we could and, and the substitutions at halftime changed the game in many ways. But then when you're looking for that second wave of subs with about 20 minutes to go, you're bringing on Liam Kinsella, who's been injured. And there's no place for Brooklyn Genesini at the moment. He hasn't played for a long, long time. And Harrison Minton, what what do you do with him? You know, what what do you what do you do to bring him on? You know, so it, there really is that depth, and everyone's acknowledging that depth. Everyone, you know, Flynn is acknowledging that depth. Everybody knows about the depth. We've just got to we've just got to wait and see. And if it's a case that we can't afford adequate depth. Or there's just not, you know, it's all well and good putting someone on the bench, but they've got to be good enough. Otherwise, that we're in the same situation, aren't we? Yeah, and I get that people keep talking about giving the academy players the experience, but right now we can't really afford <laughs> to do that um, in terms of having an effect on us, you know, going for promotion if, if that's what we're doing this season. Um, I do think... Flynn has you know, stuck to his guns in as much as holding out for the right profile of player with the, with the right attitude and quality, um, which means that he's brought in great players. I think the majority of them have been really good. Um, but I think that's kind of come back to bite him a little bit uh, in as much as there isn't much budget left. Um, and he's still trying to bring in those players with, with less to spend. Um, so I think that might need to... To loosen a little bit and and maybe the players that are training with the club he's dangling the carrot a little bit when the, for when the inevitable happens and we do get the injuries or suspensions so that you know we can bring them in yeah i'm a bit wary about the uh about the the budget element of it because we reference it a lot and i do get a lot or a fair bit of uh private messages just saying you know prove that we don't have the budget and i i can't really say anything other than to just point at our squad at the moment you know we're winning games we have been winning games that's brilliant but there's nothing beyond those 12 13 14 players that that is the proof because if you've got the budget you use it to try and get out the division don't you so you know i i do appreciate that fans or listeners want us to show our working you know prove don't just say definitively there's no budget but the only way i can do that is just to go look (laughs) and <laughs> that's pretty much it so so what can you do i think we've recruited well uh, and i think we have we have done really well in that regard but somebody i saw somebody mentioned that we haven't made any marquee signings um and that would be you know would sort of point towards that um because they obviously cost a lot of money um and the fact that we aren't able to get anybody in that flynn's looking for would also suggest that so while we might know the exact budget i think we can make a an educated guess um, that it is is quite stretched. Um, my personal opinion is Ryan Edwards signs if he's, he's offered a, a good deal. Um, but yeah, it's all conjecture. It is. Well, Swindon dropped to sixth with a game in hand. If that game in hand didn't exist and we beat 
Colchester, we'd be very happy in second place right now, but we're very happy in sixth. It's it's a good season so far. And next we go to struggling Bradford City, who, if they're not going to sack Mark Hughes before that game, then we could really put the final nail in that coffin. They're down in 18th. And if we play the way we did in that second half, we're going to be fine at Bradford. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think we will create chances. Um, and, and obviously, they're not in a great run of form. So if we get the early goal, I think uh, it could be a good day. <laughs> Here is hoping. Man of the match uh, wasn't even a close one. There were a few nods across the team, but Murphy Mahoney got it for what was a very, <laughs> a very stereotypical game for goalkeepers to get man of the matches for. But there were a couple really good saves in there. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. He, he made several... Uh, Really good saves. So are we happy to give it to him? Yeah, I'd say so. I'd give an honourable mention to Hutton. I think he comes uh, under a lot of slack uh, for his defending, but I think he was the one that, if we were to get back into the game, would be the person that uh, that had made it happen. He put in you know, loads of uh, good balls that we just weren't able to put away. Yeah, OK. Well, we're almost there now, Ben. Uh, I had a horrible message from somebody yesterday that that basically um, gave me the evil timeline of events that Swindon go to Bradford, win, brilliant. They sack Mark Hughes, don't care. They want a former Bradford captain. Uh Uh-oh. They approach Flynn. He wants that. They take Young back in January and sign Kemp. Why do people send me these messages? (laughs) I know. It's just the Swindon way. We've seen it all before. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then had a dream last night that I moved to La Paz in Bolivia, which is very, very weird because I don't think I've ever, ever thought about La Paz in Bolivia. But to anyone that can summarise what dreams mean, let me know what moving to La Paz in Bolivia could possibly mean uh, in my life. That would be much appreciated. You don't know, do you, Ben? No. No. I don't. Maybe uh, reflecting with Flynn moving somewhere. (laughs) Yeah, that that text (laughs) me. That text message gave me the the fear of moving to La Paz in Bolivia. Or maybe that's just me putting my head in the sand. Who knows? Anyone, please tell me. Uh, I think that's that's quite enough. Ben, thank you very much. Thanks, Mitch. The Low Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. The views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 